1: If you weren't riled up before, I am sure you're riled up now on the Dallas Cowboys. It is that time to get riled up on the Cowboys as we bring you the podcast every Thursday here. Thanks to our friends at Blogging the Boys. I'm, of course, alongside my friend, Tom Ryle. It's your boy, Roy White. You can follow Tom at TomRyleBTB, and you can follow me at rdub3 as we try to figure out what the hell we just saw. Now again. It's a Thursday, so we didn't just see it, and I forgive you if you didn't go and watch it again. But for those of us who put ourselves through that punishment, Tom, that was an awful, awful scene. And we typically like to turn the page on this podcast. Let's look forward and see what the Cowboys can do about things. But before we do that, Tom, we've got to at least reset where we are, right? Dak Prescott, out for a minimum of, I believe, six weeks. Now they're saying potentially four. I'm telling you right now, don't buy that, Tom. Mm -hmm. I
2: I am nervous they're going to push him.
1: I am nervous about that too. I guess there is that potential, but we'll continue to monitor that. Uh, The original timeline, of course, six to eight weeks. Jerry Jones has spoken that they are optimistic he might be available Between four and six. So we'll have to continue to monitor that. And, of course, we'll have you updated at bloggingtheboys.com. Also, we saw another offensive line component go down just eight snaps into the game. We're going to be without Connor Williams for a good period of time. Excuse me, Connor McGovern. Yeah, we were already without (laughs) Connor Williams. And, oh, by the way, I don't know, Tom, if you saw who was PFF's highest graded center last week. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that was the former Cowboy. Yes, we might be laughing at Lyle Collins' performance, although we might not be laughing this weekend. But what Connor, McG- uh, Connor Williams brought to the table last week is something that Cowboys certainly would have loved to have had, and now they're going to be without McGovern for several weeks. And then J. Ron Curse also goes down. Tom, a key contributor of this Dan Quinn defense a season ago and looked like he was going to be a vital part of it this year now another big piece goes down, and that's where the Cowboys find themselves as they prepare for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the good news we got today, Michael Gallup returning on a, on a limited basis. You know, we saw the original projection, Tom, They didn't put him on IR for the specific reason that he or pup rather, for the specific reason that he might be able to return after just uh, after fewer than four games. Is this the moment? Is week two the time where we have to see Michael Gallup on the field from where we stand?
2: I don't think so. Uh,
1: It it should depend on
2: his physical recovery. And just getting into limited action and practice this week says to me it should be at least another week. Now, if he's back in week three, that is certainly a boost to this offense because it gives them – a second dangerous experience target at wide receiver. And we saw how easy it was for the Bucks to neutralize when you've only got one of those on the field.
1: Uh, and when that and one it, it may not help. truly be a one.
2: Yeah. He did not, he did not look great in any aspect of the game. Uh, you know, getting an OP offensive pass interference, uh, couple of drops uh well, granted he and, was missed a couple
1: uh, times too but i am sick oh yeah of cd lamb not being able to come like complete a screen pass play like how is it that in three years now or in two years now of cd yeah. lamb we haven't we cannot it's not a given that we can complete a screen pass play to him right it's bouncing off of other play, sh- players shoulders yeah. and then the dropsies in key moments right like he wasn't yeah an abnormally bad dropper in terms of percentages from a season ago right he actually was in the top quarter of the nfl but the times in which he dropped those passes were memorable to many cowboys fans and certainly stick out in my mind tom because they were pivotal moments many of them and it felt like Mm -hmm. a lot of those took place on sunday
2: yeah and i want to point out that, uh, the tremendous disrespect he gave to Terrell Basham. (laughs) Terrell Basham is also out. I mean, I don't
1: mean to disrespect him, but I don't regard him as that highly. I thought he could potentially be cut from this thing, uh, from as a 50. So uh, not to disrespect him, he is going to be out, but, um, Yeah. yeah.
2: Given, given what seems to be depth, I don't know if we've got that great starter for right defensive end but they've got the depth that I don't think Basham is going to be much impact. Uh, so, you know, he, he is also out, but we shouldn't mention the fact that his season got interrupted and you, you always hate to see that.
1: But I, I, I like what you said about Gallup. Like I tend to agree with you. I don't think you need to rush him back, especially given what you saw with Chris Godwin on the other side. Um, does it not look like the Bucks could be without Chris Godwin now for several weeks and maybe they rushed to get him back when had they taken another week or two, they might've been in a better position. And truthfully, if the Cowboys want to get back into this thing, right? As we look at the potential timeline that Dak Prescott will be gone. Uh, I think it's more important that you have Michael Gallup available for more of those games then potentially one specifically, right, and as soon as possible against a team that I also kind of believe, like, whether Michael Gallup's out there or not, probably won't make a difference in the Cowboys' ability to win this game on Sunday.
2: Yeah. Now, you know, we've got the game, and we've got, you know, an undetermined amount of time before these various players show up before Gallup comes on. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Jason Peters yet. Uh, the team isn't really going to do anything about setting the roster until Friday tomorrow, which seems okay. Uh, it certainly doesn't look like they're making any moves from the outside. They really like their guys, which I think is something they're carrying to a ridiculous extreme. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
2: but yeah,
1: okay. They really yeah. like that phrase.
2: Yeah, they do. And, uh, so now they've got to figure out how are they going to weather this, uh, the storm, as you put it. And it all starts with the offense with Cooper Rush, because that's where the big problems were on offense. And now you think it's got to be worse, except Dak Prescott looks so bad, and I don't know what was going on with him. Now, he's had games where he was really bad in the past and then would kind of come on late and bounce back to the next week. But now we're not going to have that. And we're likely to have to recycle him through a bad week to get him back up to speed, because I don't know what's going on with him. He did not look ready for this. And we'll talk a little bit about that in under another subheading, but they've got to figure out how to get to see, see if they can win games. Uh, They, they they have to figure a way to scratch out at least one win while Dak's out, assuming that it is the, the four weeks, and it would be a lot better if they could do it do two. Uh, if if Prescott was there, I'd feel pretty good about their chances this this week, uh, just because the Bengals I don't think are the team the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are with Tom Brady still out there playing well and some really fierce defensive players, especially on their line, but. You know, last year, you know, we, we had a team that looked uncomfortable down the stretch. They won um, all but one of their last six games, but the team didn't look out of sorts at time, uh, especially if they were up against a good opponent. The, the thing is that four of their last six games were back against division opponents. Are you talking about the Bengals,
1: else, by the way? Huh? You're talking about what? the Bengals here. Or the Cowboys? No, the Cowboys. Okay, the, the Cowboys. Cowboys. Okay, yes. I'm
2: saying the Cowboys last year were, were just a little out of sorts. Uh, they were beating up on the weak teams, and the rest of the NFC East was weak last year, uh, even though the Eagles snuck into the playoffs. Uh, but then they came up against the 49ers, and it just all came came crashing
1: down on them. Uh
2: that I mean, I don't looked, even.
1: I'm not even looking that far f- into the future right now, right? Like we're not even in what the. But end I'm, of not, the I'm not.
2: I'm not. But wait, let me get here, okay? They, the, the the against the 49ers, the team looked unprepared. They looked totally lacking in confidence, and they just were uncertain out there and let the 49ers just maul them to a certain extent does that sound familiar? did we not see almost exactly the same thing play out last Sunday they had a whole offseason and a training camp to try to get these problems fixed that they they knew they had it they, if, if for, for crying out loud I hope somebody was looking at that video from that game at some point to figure out what went wrong and trying to put fixes in but there was no evidence that they got it done. That's a hangover that is really telling that there are some problems in this team that go through a lot of things. You know, there's a lot of issues to deal with. Um, You know, some people are saying, well, you know, Rush is undefeated as a starter in the National Football League. Okay, one game, They did an excellent job of scheming and planning and and making that work. And I saw miserable scheme, terrible planning for the game that they just went into. And I I don't know if they're going to be able to turn that around in a week. And yet they, they definitely need it. And Rush last year was in much better shape as far as the 10 guys that were lining up with him. Now he's got to go in behind a still suspect offensive line that's got a real issue with Matt Farniok at left guard. Uh, You know, we don't know that Peters is going to be ready soon enough to come in and do something. Hopefully we'll find out something about that. I'm just not real optimistic. You know, he's an old guy. It takes him a little while to ramp back up. And and you've got that woefully inexperienced receiving core, you know, outside yeah. of C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz, you've got a bunch of guy, a bunch of guys who never played a down
1: in yeah. the NFL. And to all those people shouting out about how Cooper Rush is undefeated, yeah, but he also had Amari Cooper, and Amari Cooper showed up in a big way against that Vikings team. To help propel them to a victory, mm-hmm. Mari Cooper ain't here anymore. And oh, by the way, the Cowboys fans that were yeah, laughing, yeah, and he that had Michael jettison. Gallup. Well, I, I have to
2: look back at say again. I I'd have to go back look. Was Gallup around for that game? I don't think he was.
1: No, I don't think y'all okay. was around for that game. But again, yeah. probably not going to be around for this game either, right? So that's another key cog in what. Mm-hmm allowed Cooper Rush to do what he was capable of doing last season. Now, at the same time, uh, you know, like I uh, if I'm putting my hopes on how they can weather this storm, it has to be on the defensive side of the football. They did at least hold Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to just 19 points. Granted, their defensive line arguably underperformed outside of Micah Parsons when he was on it. And unfortunately he's not on it every time. So in general, the defensive line was underwhelming and that's got to be better if we want to have a shot against the Bengals, because it feels like we're only going to be able to win a game. If we can keep our opponent opponent under 20 points to begin with. And yeah. considering that a really good Pittsburgh team just barely kept Cincinnati under 20 points for the entire game until the end there. Uh, I don't have a lot of high hopes that the Cowboys are going to be able to do that. And so that's why I, you know, at least the long-term storm while there is an outside chance of it, I suppose, again, it's got to all hinge on what the defense is capable of doing in my opinion, because I don't believe Cooper rush is capable of winning. Like I know he's won a football game. I'll take my chances betting against him nearly every other game the rest of the, the rest of the way.
2: Well, since you mentioned Quinn, that brings up another question and that's how bad is the coaching for the Cowboys? Now, Quinn is the best of the bunch. When you look at the head coach and the coordinators, Uh, he does have things to work on. It was disturbing to see how easily the, uh, the Buccaneers were moving between the twenties. Uh, It was also bad to see how often Leonard Fournette would just break off a chunk play. Mostly did that running to the left. Uh, So he was attacking that right side of the defense. Uh, You know, the special teams were just kind of mad, but they didn't really hurt things. They, they didn't contribute much on returns, but uh, you know, people knew what Turpin did in the preseason and they were definitely making sure they shut him down. The problems that we have, I think, are named Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore. I mentioned the lack of preparedness that, that seemed evident. That has to fall on McCarthy. He's got to be taking charge and making sure they get this team ready. And they just didn't, as far as I could see. Um, you know, he's been referred to as a walk-around head coach, but it sounds like he's becoming increasingly a hands-off head coach. Um, There was a, a comment made on the radio by Brian Broadus where he says that he doesn't think McCarthy even knows the offensive terminology. So there's no real chance of him stepping in and doing anything as a play caller because he doesn't even know what the plays are. That is more than a little disturbing. It's deeply so. Why isn't an offensive coach paying more attention to what his offense does? and that means he's not making any real effective inputs and there's some broad general guidelines yeah. you know
1: i had heard the and, phrase i had heard the phrase said about mccarthy that from a like a play calling philosophy standpoint he would never take the reins of the play calling over because his philosophy is that if you install it you call it and while i'm yeah. okay with that line of thinking i am not okay with the head coach not being familiar enough with the terminology to do it if he was pressed to do so, because if nothing else, I want him to be able to make the determination in his mind. You know what? I don't agree with that call, right? Yeah. I don't agree with that call in this moment. And he doesn't have the ability, the cognitive ability in the game. And you can see it in his eyes. Like I hate when they pan the camera to him, they should never do that because he looks (laughs) at all times, like he's doing absolutely nothing. He's not talking yeah. to a player. He's not pepping up an individual. Like he's not even Dan Campbelling the yeah the, the screen, right? At least Dan Campbell's pounding his chest or looking like he's getting involved in, you know, about a tackle, an opponent, right? Mike McCarthy yeah. just seems to be constantly looking up at the play clock.
2: Yeah, and there were reports that he had this problem during the latter years in Green Bay. Uh, It was said that he didn't attend meetings during the week. And I I don't get that. If you're the head coach, you ought to be sitting in, you know, he he probably wouldn't want to spend as much time with the defense because that's not his thing. But he should be there with Kellen Moore and going back and forth over, okay, how about we try this and stay away from that? You know, that just that's just really bad. And Another thing that came back that we had dreaded uh, and yet the preseason told us this was likely to happen, they had 10 penalties. That's, that's just unacceptable, especially when everybody knew they had a penalty problem. Uh, McCarthy has always kind of been dismissive of the whole idea that the penalties are a problem. Uh, but the Cowboys had those 10 and eight of them were all on offense They had two on special teams uh which didn't really they had one of the traditional blocking things on a return and another one on the running into the kicker that didn't hurt them because they just that was the infamous three punts on one fourth down situation uh that happened but none of them were on defense
1: not a single penalty on the defense and you still wound up with as many penalties as they did. That's, yeah. Does that, that's hard to do that.
2: Does that tell you there might be a little bit of a difference in how the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator are running things?
1: Hard not to read into that.
2: Yeah. And, And that's just, that's just terrible. It just it did show great discipline for the defense. I want to give prompts. I, you know, as as usually happens, there were probably a couple of flags missed, but it happens on both sides. Um, but the the ineptitude on on offense, whether it was Prescott or Rush, was just marketed, marked. Marked. Uh, C. D. Lamb was blanketed in almost every route. They, they knew that they could take him away and have someone competent covering Dalton Schultz. They were pretty much shutting down the Dallas passing game. And lo and behold, they pretty much shut down the Dallas passing game. Um, and I, I, we talked about how badly Lamb performed. They've got to come up with a way to either get the ball to other receivers, get them more involved. Uh, at least get give them a chance because you're not going to get a guy a chance throwing in the, to, to double and even triple coverage, which Dak Prescott did repeatedly. Uh, I don't remember if Koop Rush also was, but it was clear there were times Dak was throwing You're going like, why are you going there? Can't you find a better target somewhere else on the field? And I, you know, I don't know if that was Prescott just not having any confidence or what, but you have to think some of that falls on more to not scheme to try and alleviate the problem. And then there were those gadget plays. I mean, those things were keystone cops. There were players running into each other and blowing the play up without the defense, even having to do anything. All they had to do was just step forward
1: and make a tackle sometimes. Uh, Yeah, those were, those were incredibly, uh, I hate to, drill holes in them because we've been clamoring for them so often, right? To just have a little bit of that, you know, that anticipation, like something that you're, you're not expecting. Right. But in those moments, like even the play calling by the Cowboys, they find a way to call those plays in moments where it almost like kind of is expected. Right. They, you know, the first opportunity They get guys involved in the game. You know, I think Turpin actually did touch the ball on a, you know, like on a play, but of course it's like one of those sweeps, right? Um, Yeah. That's what's so frustrating is that like they, you know, everybody knows that's potentially coming and they know you want to do it. So give them something else that maybe they're not expecting. Again, I, I feel, I feel guilty, like killing a guy for, Wanted to try gadget plays when his players maybe not even capable of, of executing them because there were let's not two do horrible it, blocks on let's that. Let's not do well.
2: it. Let's not do it early in the game like he did. I think that's the other had one. Like one that.
1: That's when it takes. There's no surprise early in the game. You haven't set anything up.
2: Yeah, let's get the offense established and get people looking for other things before you try to go and throw in a wrinkle on them and do something they don't expect. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's. I, I have to wonder, you know, is more in over his head? Is McCarthy even trying to stay <laughs> above water right now? Yeah. Uh, if they don't come up with some answers, we can see things happening a lot quicker than I ever imagined they could this season. And all that stuff about, you know, Mike McCarthy being the first head coach fired, that certainly seems to have a lot more, Credibility than than I would have imagined, and I you know I will confess I did not see it coming. I expected better, and I'm just very disappointed. But I uh, you know I I saw people talking about the fact that they'll fire McCarthy and make more of the interim head coach, and I was like,
1: why? Well, You've I got am David curious. Quinn, have you seen you know <laughs> the most updated odds about? the first NFL coach to be fired in the NFL.
2: Uh, I haven't, I don't pay attention to the odds. I just, I I just am aware that that he's been, I I just am aware that that he's been at the top of that list for
1: a while. Well, no. So he wasn't actually to start the season, Matt rule, Cliff Kingsbury and Frank Reich were all ahead of him. But after just one week, Mike McCarthy has leapfrogged them all, Tom. And he is the odds-on favorite, according yeah, to Caesar's I, book, to be the first that. fired.
2: Yeah, and I—I I can't argue. There's, there's, you know, every reason to just. It's easy to understand how that happened. It makes, it makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it just. And of
2: course, now we've got the the, the question. Got you got quiet there for a second. Yeah. The uh now we've got we still got, we hope we were gonna get some a little better read for what was going on with the offensive line. Now with Matt Farniak having the step in at left guard, uh, we're kind of looking at it and holding our breath. Uh, you know, Farniak apparently had the worst play on the field, but I would argue that Terrence still had a worse game because he drew four of the penalties all by himself, and three of them were false starts. That says to me he was uncertain and just flinching out there. That's not good. And so now they, they, you know, I don't think Peters is going to be ready. If he were ready – Jerry Jones dropped a hint they might put him at right tackle, which I think would be a mistake. The, the move right now, if you had Peters, is to ask Tyler Smith to move back to left guard and run with the best players you can put on the field. And I think that would give them the best five players they have because they don't have a whole lot else right now. You know, their depth is pretty dismal. Uh, when Farniok moved up, they had to run the rest of the game and hope they didn't need another interior offensive lineman because they didn't have one on the sidelines. He was it going into the game, which I makes me nervous. I can't understand why you back up three positions with one player while you've got a couple of guys backing up tackle. I mean, just what the heck? That, you know, I, you know, I I I can't make one and one equal three, and I can't make that make sense to me either. <laughs> so it's, you know, this is a problem. And as I said, we have no idea right now that, that Peters could be there. And, and it'll be interesting to see when he is ready what the team decides to do. As I said, I know what I think they should do. I just don't know what they're going to do, and they've got to make some some kind of a move. Uh, you know, they 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 might have to pull up the uh, the backup center that they've got. Uh Lindstrom, I believe is the name. I got that right. I think it's Alec Lindstrom. I just have gone yep. blank on him. Alec. He's on the practice squad. He and he's the only uh, interior lineman they've got on the practice squad, unless they were to do something with uh, Isaac Alakon, and I don't. Think they want to bring him in, but I don't know. They they've got to get somebody up there just to give them the depth. You know, you've got to have somebody. Obviously, you got to have somebody ready to step in if somebody gets hurt. Well, we don't know what they're going to do.
1: How how light they've left themselves in so many places. And I mean, granted, to have those injuries to those positions when they did so early on, like. It's a shock to the system, but at the same time, how many times have we seen it go like this, where a player of significance, of massive importance to the Dallas Cowboys and their football hopes goes down early and we have no solution for it? And now they're in that same boat, well, here, not just at the quarterback position, but in multiple positions. It's expected at the quarterback position, but to do it in multiple positions, you know, and, it's unforgivable.
2: You know, well, they, they didn't bring anybody in from the outside until Tyron Smith went down. Now they've lost their starting left guard and there's no indication they're going to try to bring somebody in. It's just too late in the week to get somebody ready for the game. I think at this point, so. You know, here it sits and that's, you know, and yeah, if you if you think I'm pointing the finger back at the uh, Jones family, uh, I'm pointing all my fingers at them, okay? 100%.
1: So, well, that so, leaves us then with like kind of what's left, Tom. How do we do this? Go what's going to happen?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people immediately reacted on Twitter that the season was over when Dak Prescott went went out. Are they and wrong? They were reporting that he I it was not to me a big overreaction. It seemed like a logical thing to, to think, especially when we had no idea when he was coming back. The news that he may be back as soon as after four weeks makes it seem a little less dire. But like I said, he wasn't doing the team any real help while he was out there. So what are we coming for? You know what's gonna what what is there left to do? Uh, it, it what they're trying to do, if you can say they're actually trying to do something to fix things, looks too much like the approach going into the season. They just they bet on so many things going right. You know they bet on Tyler Smith working out, which by the way he looked quite serviceable left tackle he had a a a blown read one time that i think led to a sack and uh had a couple other plays where he struggled but you know he stood vita vea and just stonewalled him on at least one play he was making some good plays. he is the tackle of the future and i you know i'll say again if, if he were to ask me my opinion, I'd tell Tyron Smith, turn in your papers, man. Don't do this yourself anymore. Mm. Uh, they've, got, they've got a guy in who's ready to step into that starting role, I believe, who stepped in. I think he's going to be up to the task. But we also have to bet that Rush isn't really the worst starting quarterback in the league, as he is currently ranked by some people. Um, you know, uh, the receiver's are going to have to do better. They're betting on that coming through. They're betting on Michael Gallup coming back sooner than later and helping solve that problem. They got all these things that have to go right, and it's only going to take one of them to go wrong to possibly just derail everything. Uh, this, This could turn into an organic tanking type of thing that gets them a high draft pick, which right. may be the only thing that Stevens uh, Jones covets nearly as much as he does cap face. but the most likely outcome, I think, uh, you know, they still got the, the giants, the commanders out there. Uh, they've got some other pretty bad looking teams uh, down the road. You mean they'll either get teams? something like, yeah, they might. Yeah. Well, they might, I know that, but, you know. No, perfect, granted, yeah. it was against
1: the Jaguars, um, a Titans team that had every chance to put the Giants away and didn't, and a Lions team yeah, that yeah. the Eagles blasted a year ago. Absolutely, like you don't necessarily need to be fearful of the rest of the NFC East just because they're all one and know but it does speak somewhat to the urgency, Tom, that uh, already being a game it back the Cowboys, yeah. you know, 4 or 5 weeks in, the Giants have a pretty soft schedule early on here too, and it's very reasonable as bad as they might be on paper. They could be 4-0 after four weeks to start the season.
2: Yeah, and the Cowboys, well, they're behind. We know they're behind. And the chances are they're not going to catch up much. They're not going to make up ground anytime soon. Uh, I think the problem is they're going to manage to win just enough games to make sure they don't have a top-10 draft pick. So we kind of get the worst of both worlds. They're not going to be good enough to make the playoffs. And they're not going to be bad enough to get themselves that that blue chip selection.
1: It sounds like kind it's, of a seven just, and ten finish, right? You've wind up at nine to a that's, twelve.
2: That's that's what I'm that's what I'm I'm thinking about, and I think that the the team is just this is just to me the fruition of the fact that Stephen Jones always claims he likes to think two or three years ahead. Well, he's so busy focusing on two or three years ahead. He's not taking care of this year. And then when next year comes, he does the same thing over again.
1: Yeah, he won't. He still won't be ready for it. He still won't be ready to get the early deal in for Trayvon Diggs or Micah Parsons or CeeDee Lamb. If those deals are even, you know, deserved at that point, right? I still look at the Dak Prescott deal and I get upset in my mind because Dak, should be making about thirty to thirty-five million had they signed him when they could have, and were he making that, it might be more reasonable to get him a little, little bit more help. Um, yeah, and all that kind of you know trickles downhill based on the dragging of the feet that the Joneses do, and it all comes back to their original philosophy: deadlines make deals. Well, the reason deadlines make deals is because they're feet draggers.
2: Yeah. And it's also, that's all based upon a myth anyway. That's that you've got to have the cap space to begin with. Mm. Look at the teams that had absolutely no cap space going into the off season and they managed to go out and get good players and plug into their rosters and do some manipulation. Once upon a time the Cowboys were doing stuff called kicking the can down the road and everyone was talking about, Oh, it's going to come back to bite them. Well, now the Cowboys don't do that anymore, and the rest of the league is doing it and just laughing at them. So it's, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not happy. I, I am living up to the name of our podcast tonight.
1: Well, that is a <laughs> perfect place to end it, Tom. We'll uh, see how the Cowboys perform against the Cincinnati Bengals. Can they give us hope, or will we be staring at 0-2 and feeling like we're all ready for the entire season to finish as quickly as possible.
2: I will say that we can lay one question to rest. There ain't no getting hyped up about this team and eating
1: the cheese this year. You nailed that, Tom. And by the way, credit (laughs) to you also. I want to get in on it with you. Dak Prescott was not good in this game a week ago, and while Tom and I have been ardent supporters – of number four, that was a performance that just needs to be thrown in the trash and and hopefully forgotten about because it was, I do not believe, and you don't believe either, that was indicative of the Dak Prescott that we know because if it is, then I'm with the camp that says he probably needs to go if that's the type of performance we can consistently expect from Dak Prescott into the future. But I don't think that will be the case when they're finally able to get him back. Will it be in four weeks? Will it be in six? Will it be in eight? when they face off against the Green Bay Packers coming out of the bye week. That's the projection that I thought was the original timeline, and that's still the one that I'm kind of banking on. Will it be after the bye? I think it'll be after the bye, yes, against the Packers. But, again, they may be in such dire straits after five weeks that they might not have an option. And that's kind of where I think that four to six even came up is because, hey, if we are in the hole big time, then we're going to have to do it. Because if he doesn't come back and the season winds up being lost, well, we're in the same boat as if he was injured worse in the first place. And if he comes back early and gets hurt, well, maybe organic taking can actually take place, Tom. Win-win, right? I don't know. I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. We'll figure it out next week. We'll be a lot more positive next week, I promise you. But until then, you stay out up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday.